Welcome and thank you for listening to this message from Legacy Church New Braunfels. To connect with us, go to LegacyNB.com. Now enjoy this message from Pastor Jay Miller. This was last night I had a dream. And uh, I immediately, when I woke up, I knew it was tied to Acts chapter 16. And I really felt like a prophetic dream about what God is doing in this season. And how many people understand that we're entering into a season that the early church walked in in greater ways. And there, there's a time and a season for a couple thousand years where you would see movements of God, but it would almost be like there's, there's this wave that would come and it's like the waters would recede. And what we kept hearing is this scene is like there's this wave that's moving in and it's not actually receding back. Like there's what, the, what they walked in, what Jesus walked in during his earthly ministry is what we are called and designed and destined and inherited to actually be able to walk in. Right? Great favor, great faith, great transformational power. It's what the early church walked in. And I believe that this is what we're coming back around to where the Lord says, now I'm going to use my bride in the last days in a way that I used then. But what Jesus says this, you'll do the same things. Let me hear you say the same things. He says, you'll do the same things I've done, but even greater. Let me hear you say even greater. Uh, do you believe in even greater? That, that's what we're stepping into. And so in Acts chapter 16, I'm not going to read through the whole, whole part of it, but Paul and Silas, uh, they get arrested and thrown in prison for actually preaching the gospel. And it says in verse 25, Now about midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns of praise to God, and the prisoners were listening to them. Let me hear you say, the prisoners were listening to them. What does that make Paul and Silas? Not prisoners. It didn't matter if they were sitting in a prison. They were not prisoners. They were already victorious in Christ Jesus. But as they began to worship Him from this place of victory, they began to worship Him and then the prisoners listened. Let me tell you what. The world's in prison to a dark system. Come on. The world's in prison to an old way of life and they're listening and waiting for a sound that would arise from the church. And what it's going to be is it's a worship and a praise to God that would begin to not just come in the four walls of the church, but suddenly it begin to move into the cities. It begin to move into the streets. It begin to move into, come on, if, I'm a, if I brought my own encouragement this morning, but you guys need to get this in your heart and your mind. right? It begins to move into our schools. It begins to move into our places of business. It begins to go into the Capitol building. And all of a sudden, the praises of the people towards God, God begins to inhabit the praises of people, which means then He inhabits the place where the prisoners are at. Because the result of Paul and Silas's praising God was an earthquake that shook it where the chains fell off and the doors opened up. And the prison, the, the warden comes running and freaking out going, the doors open, I'm dead, they're going to kill me because all the prisoners are gone. And Paul's like, hey, yo, dude, we're here. We didn't go anywhere. And he says, what do I need to do what? What do I need to be saved? And he and his household are born again in that moment. What I'm telling you is we're entering into a season if we move out of the place that we're prisoners in this world, but instead we realize that we're already victorious in Christ Jesus, it's going to allow us to walk into the place where there's prisoners. There's prisoners in your school. There's prisoners in your work. There's prisoners at the grocery store. And as we begin to give praise, and not just in our voice, but the way we live our life. Romans 12 talks about let your whole body be a living sacrifice. All of a sudden, it becomes a living sacrifice of praise to the Lord. And they start saying, what do we need to do to be saved? And then there's going to be transformations going to be taking place. 
Do you believe that's the season we live in? Do you believe that's the season we live in? Come on. I said, do you believe that's the season we live in? All right, let's just praise him right now. Father, we just give you glory. We give you honor, Lord God. We just recognize right now, you have set us free through your death, burial, and resurrection. That we are brand new creations. We are not prisoners of a system or a world, but we are actually set free sons and daughters of the Most High King. And so we choose today from a place. Let me say from a place. We choose to, from a place of victory, worship you. Come on. We choose from a place of freedom to worship you. Lord God, we, we, we choose from the place where the word is all sufficient, like you, your word always fulfills, your promises are yes and amen. From that place, not towards it, but from that place, we will echo out yes and amen. Because your promises are true always and forever. So would you just come and continue to transform us so that we might step into the greater things. And we declare this right now in Jesus' mighty name. And all God's people said, Amen. Amen. Let's worship Him. I, I want to encourage you. Giving is an act of worship. Right? We don't talk about giving because we need giving. We, we talk about giving because it's an act of worship. There's an expansion of my trust and the Lord's ability to actually expand. If we're going to prosper in all things, physically, mentally, and emotionally, Lord, we need to be able to prosper in the area of finances. And one of the top ways you can prosper in your finances is when you know God is the source of all your finances and you give to Him what is His. Somebody asks, well, do you teach on tithing? I'll just tell you this. Tithing is only the training wheels to a life of generosity. All right? Tithing is only the training wheels to a life of generosity. And so the question should be, what is the Lord calling me to actually give to sow? That might be tithes and offerings in the house. That might be giving uh, money to the building. That might be you're at the grocery store today, and the family ahead of you, the Lord says, I want you to buy their groceries. That's generosity, right? So we need to learn it. That might be so important in missionary. But it's, it's, it's where we take, and, and we've got some friends who uh, give up to 80% of their income. And, and what they told me was this, is we can't outgive God. It's amazing how our business has prospered, our families prospered, our children have prospered because we've partnered with them. And so I just wanted to tell you what, God rewards faithfulness in the area of giving. And so be stretched in what he's going to do. So um, what I'm going to do is I'm going to have Mama B come up one more time because she had, she had some, a word about faith. And I feel like it's, it's important for you to release that word. And then we're going to make a declaration over our, our um, offering here today. Amen. Thank you, Father. Uh, <clears throat> excuse me. Well, I have been hearing this word for the last three or four weeks, and it's just been going over, and I've been searching the scriptures, and, and the, the voice of the Lord said to me, and I want to get this just perfect here, is your faith level, mine, is my faith level at I need or I have. He said this several times to me. We know Philippians 4.19 says that my God shall supply all of my need according to his riches in Christ Jesus. So we have everything. Tells us for life and godliness. So we already have everything. But the Lord is speaking to us about having a faith that will say, I have, instead of saying, I need. So we don't need to be healed. 
How many of you know that? You have been healed according to 1 Peter 2.24. The Word of God says you have been healed. You have all of your needs met according to Him, according to Jesus Christ. And so we, we want to stretch our faith. We want to allow God to speak to us and say, I have. And the other day I was visiting with a lady and, and we were talking about uh, you know, God's will to heal. And she says, well, I, I just don't believe that it's God's will to heal everybody. And I said, oh, really? I said, that is surprising to me. Well, do you believe that it's God's will to save everyone? Well, well, yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's God's will for everyone to be saved, but yet not everyone to be healed. So actually God's best is for us to walk in divine health. Y'all want to walk in divine health? Yeah. The rest of our life, that's my goal. I have been walking in divine health for, for many, many years, like 50 years when I had my DNA change. But anyway, today, <laughs> he did. I, I mean, that's a whole different testimony. We'll have her tell that testimony. A powerful a testimony. testimony. And haven't been sick since. I, do ha- I have had a couple of little accidents. But anyway, uh, <laughs> but every time that we think We need a new mindset about I have. Okay, catch yourself next time you're saying, oh, I need a miracle. I need this. I need that. Just go to the Word of God where it says that you have it. You already have it. Everything you need for life and godliness. So I want to challenge you today to let's flip that mindset to I have. Raise our faith level as we give this morning, as we sow into the kingdom of God. He, he said it is his good pleasure to give you the kingdom. So he's already given it to us. So we have everything that the kingdom offers today. How many of you want that? new mindset. I just want to release financial blessings on you today. I know there's some of you that are really contending today for financial breakthrough, for real estate blessings, for vehicle blessings. You are contending that God is meeting my need today, meeting my need. He's the one I'm going to look to. So right now in the name of Jesus, we just say a new mindset that says that I have in Jesus' name, that says I don't need because he has supplied my need. I am healed by Jesus Christ. I have been healed and I release that to you right now in the name of Jesus. I release those financial. If you have a financial, you want to break through in your finances or real estate uh, breakthrough right now, I just want you to stand because we just want to get into agreement today. Hallelujah. In the name of Jesus. Uh, So I, I just, we used to do this all the time. So just raise your offering to heaven. This is going to be your weapon today. This is going to be the thing that you're praising God with today, your worship today, and that it's going to just see what you're giving today is going to break It is going to break through those financial needs in Jesus' name. Father, we just declare and decree that all of our need is met. And as we give today, we believe you, Father, that you are giving back to us supernaturally, abundantly more than what we can ever imagine in Jesus' name, according to Ephesians 3.20. In Jesus' name. Amen. Come on, somebody say amen. If you have your Bibles, I want you to turn to... 
three passages of Scripture, three passages. First one is going to be Hebrews chapter 11, Hebrews chapter 11, uh, then flip back to Romans chapter 4, Romans chapter 4, so it's Hebrews 11, Romans chapter 4, and then flip back forward to Colossians chapter 3, Colossians chapter 3, leave it open there. So Hebrews chapter 12, back in time, the Romans chapter 4, go forward a little bit to Colossians chapter 3. And we've been in the series called Prosper in All Things Like Jesus. Let me hear you say prosper in all things. Let me hear you say Jesus is my model. Was there ever a time that Jesus did not prosper? No, he, he prospered even in the moments, even when he was in the garden of Gethsemane saying, Lord, if this cup could pass, that'd be fantastic. Yet, not my will, but your will be done. The key to prospering in all things is saying, but your will, not mine. It's his will. He alone has the capacity to prosper you. He alone has the capacity to prosper you in all things. What we're doing is we're only aligning ourselves with what he desires and what he wants. And we need to beat back that idea that God says he wants you poor. He wants you poor physically. He wants you poor financially. He wants you poor emotionally. That's not the way it looks at all. It says, blessed are those who are poor in spirit. What that saying is, they recognize their need for Him. That's not saying, blessed are because you have zero money in your bank account. How many people know that you don't feel very blessed when you have zero in the bank account? Come on. But you know you're blessed. Okay, so this is not a prosperity gospel. It says the only way you're going to show your spirituality is because you can drive a Ferrari. That's stupid. That means you're actually probably spiritually bankrupt if you have that mindset. Not somebody who drives a Ferrari is spiritually bankrupt, but if you think that's the sign, then the verse that says, blessed are the poor in spirit, is actually for you to hear because you're actually poor in spirit. See, we need to come to this place with what Mama B was talking about, is what has God already done, what has He already said, and what is He doing right now? That's the question. When uh, Bertha Smith, who was a famous uh, missionary to China in the early 1900s, uh, there was a massive revival that took place. Many of the churches and, and through the communist revolution, all that stuff that prospered in that time came from Bertha Smith and a group of people that ministered in, in China. And the message of that revival is this. Have you been born again? Are you, have you been filled with the Spirit? And are you being filled right now currently? That was the message of the revival. That's prospering. When she came to San Antonio in 1970 with Papa Jack, and that was the message she preached. Have you been born again? So I ask you now, have you been born again? If you haven't, I gave an invitation earlier. It's time to get on board. Be born again. You need to understand how important you will not prosper until you're actually born again. Once you move into a place of being born again, you can actually prosper into all things. The next question is this, is have you been filled with the Holy Spirit? Have you been filled with the Holy Spirit? If you haven't, today is the day to be filled with the Spirit. You don't have to jump through hoops. All you have to do is say, come Holy Spirit, fill me. Fill me. At the preaching of the gospel, the Spirit came to a group of Gentiles. Peter's preaching the gospel of Jesus. He doesn't even get to the moment of like, we need to water baptize you. They begin to get filled with the Spirit, speaking in tongues, and, the, and revival breaks out. And Peter turns to the Jews that were with him and said, well, they got what we got. We might as well go ahead and baptize them too. 
right? You have to understand, have you been filled with the Spirit? That's an important marker point in your history. But here's the most important key. God just doesn't give you something for a moment. He gives you something you can prosper with it. The way you prosper in all things is, are you being filled with the Spirit right now? Are you currently being filled? It's an important thing because there must be a steady flow from as it is in heaven here into the earth. We need to be sure that we never become a place where we're a cistern, where we've collected some water, but we've, cut, we've covered over the top, and we're satisfied with what we were filled with because what you've been filled with will eventually become stale and stagnant. It's only from flowing water that disease actually goes away. Actually, disease doesn't even come when you have flowing water. There's this level of stagnation that will breed disease, breed disease in the way you think, the way your emotions, all those things. Circumstances will come into your life to challenge you. And if you're not being filled with the Spirit, you're going to be filled with the Spirit of the world. It might be fear, it might be doubt, it might be a whole other thing. And you know, in that moment, I'm being filled with the Spirit, but it's not the Holy Spirit. How do I prosper? In this moment, Holy Spirit, come. I want the faith of Jesus. Not just faith in Jesus. Do you understand that the demons have faith in Jesus? Do you understand demons have faith in Jesus? They believe He is the Son of God. They knew who He was, and yet they didn't follow Him. That's faith in. Faith of means I believe like Jesus believes. Galatians 2.20, I've been crucified with Christ, and it's no longer I who lives, but Christ who lives in me, lives in me. That's a, that's a present term. That's an ongoing term. It doesn't mean He lived in me. He means He lives in me. Does Christ, does Christ living now? Is He eternal? That means He's eternally living in you in this moment. Despite the circumstances and situations our world faces right now, some dark situations you might face, some challenges or tribulations you might face, Christ lives in you. And in Galatians 2.20, it gives you this promise. And the life I live in the Son of God, in this flesh, is lived by the faith of the Son of God. Challenge you, go look in your scriptures. Majority of your translations are going to say faith in the Son of God. And what it is, is when our English translations went into it, they, they couldn't handle it. And for whatever reason, they put it in instead of of. But if you go back to the original Greek, the original Greek says, the life you live every day in this stuff is lived by the faith of Jesus. The faith of Jesus. How does Jesus believe? What type of faith level does he have? As I've been praying this week, I felt like the Lord is is, is really been encouraging us to move into a place of great faith, great boldness. And there's been challenges that have come. Sometimes we have challenges. I've heard from other people in, in the congregation have said, man, I'm, I, I just need a kind of an area of breakthrough in this area, or health or finance or things like this. But I know that God's taken us into a place of expansion to the people. You need to pour courage in that now is the time to actually stand boldly on your faith. It's not time to shriek back. When comfort comes, the Holy Spirit brings comfort to where you feel fear, but the point of comfort is to turn you back into a place of faith. The point of comfort is to turn you back into a place of wholeness. The point of comfort is not just to make you feel better for the next moment until the next thing, the next shoe drops. 
And then, you know, oh, I need to run back to Jesus because I need more comfort. The shoe dropped, and now, okay, I'm good. And then I need to go back to Jesus. No, it's a constant living by the comfort and the grace and the peace and the power of God. We don't live towards a victory. We already have a victory. We live from victory. We're not living towards peace. Because peace, by the way, is a person. It's not a feeling. But you will manifest feelings when you encounter the person of peace. Because it says, in the peace of God that's which beyond your ability to understand will guard your heart and your mind in Christ Jesus. Let me ask you a question. Where is Christ living in? You. He's in you if you're born again. See, we're, so we're living not towards peace. We're living from the source of peace. We're not living towards financial blessing. We're living from a place of financial blessing because the provider lives in you. Do you know the scriptures say that you hands have the capacity to create wealth? Why? Because you were made in the image of God. How is it that somebody like Bill Gates, who does not yet know Jesus, I pray for him that he does, but he doesn't know Jesus, but his hands have created billions of dollars of wealth, and yet he doesn't know him. Why? Because he was, there's a level where he's missing something out. But when you begin to say, though Christ lives in me, the provider lives in me, the creator lives in me, now these hands are no longer my hands. They're Jesus' hands. Now these hands can provide, they can actually create kingdom wealth. There's a difference between earthly wealth, where rust and, mus, rust and moth, uh, moth, let's see if I can get it. All right, let's try that again. Feel like one of those, you know, uh, where rust and moth cannot destroy. That's where your treasure is in heaven. But the, the type of riches that Bill Gates has, rust, moth, it'll burn up. It's temporary wealth, it's temporary riches. But let me tell you what, when you begin to move into this place where he lives in me, and these hands are his hands, this mind is his mind, these lungs are his lungs, I actually have the capacity to bring creation into the earth. I can create wealth that's kingdom wealth that is both eternal, but also it has a tangible nature to it. We have to move into this place where, it, where we believe God's promises how many prophetic words that do line up with Scripture, by the way, where it says the wealth of the wicked will be turned over to the righteous? Is that in the Bible? That's scriptural. Do we believe that? The way you steward your heart is going to determine whether you can actually handle it in your hands. You must have the faith of Jesus that says, I can actually handle the wealth of the wicked. Because when the wealth of the wicked comes into my hands, it actually becomes the wealth of the kingdom. You've probably heard this about the Old Testament versus New Testament. In the Old Testament, Old Covenant, if a leper touched you, you became unclean. In Jesus, in the New Covenant, you touch a leper, the leper becomes what? Clean. It becomes whole. In the same way, when the earthly Riches actually come into a kingdom person who understands how to actually bring radical transformation. It actually be turns into righteous riches. Meant to be sown into the harvest field. And that's, that's stupid stuff. Like, do you know God paves his streets with gold? Just how valuable is gold? I mean, it's all valuable to him. 
understand that because he created it. But, but our value system, our, our confidence system is so many times built on the gold standard. It's built on human riches. It's built on these things that we determine actually have an eternal value. And the reality is God's like, I got so much of it, I actually pay my streets with it. Do you understand that in Solomon's time, Israel prospered at such a level that silver stacked up in the streets? Did you understand Come on, back in the back. In Solomon's time, the prospering of the kingdom happened so much that silver stacked up in the streets. What's my point? Gold, silver, it's not about that. It is about what has your heart. Who are you? It's time for us to move into bold faith. It's time for us to really have a confident expectation. How many people are still pressing in for healing? For something, somebody. I'm still pressing in for healing for somebody that I love dearly. And then what Miss B said is absolutely right. What do we do in that moment? Jesus has healed her. I'm standing for my daughter. Jesus has healed her. But is it manifested in the body yet? No. But I know that Jesus has healed her. Nothing's going to move me off that field. Do you know Shema was one of uh, David's body men? I love this dude. He stood in a bean field with his sword and killed thousands of Philistines that were trying to take his bean field. He goes, oh, no, 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 no. This is the ground that my king has told me to hold. You can do your worst, come, but you ain't taking my beans. Come on. It was bold faith. So much so that his hand melded to the sword and he began to kill people. Now let me go here. We live in a New Testament covenant. Your battle's not against flesh and blood. But it is against principalities, and I'm going to say this, and it is against unkingdom mindsets. The devil doesn't have to plant an unkingdom mindset in your mind. You can come up with it on your own. So sometimes your bat, we used to say, you can't cast out the flesh and you can't disciple a demon. You need to know what you're dealing with. Sometimes, yeah, in the name of Jesus, get out. And, and you're like, why hasn't it changed? Because it's your mindset. The devil doesn't need to do anything because you've already agreed with an unkingdom mindset. But the moment you step into the kingdom mindset, you're like, Shamal, give me my sword. Where are the promises of God? What has God already said? What has He said He's going to do? That's what I'm going to use to keep this ground. This is my promised land. I will not back down from it. Healing is your promised land. Financial provision is your promised land. The city of New Braunfels is our promised land. Every child, teenager, and adult that does not know Jesus, that's our promised land. If we will stand in faith in a way that allows them to have a place to enter into. I'm going to go with my notes. We'll get to the scriptures here in a second. There was a moment when Gideon is given a commission to go kill the enemy. And he's hiding in a wine press. And the Lord sends an angel, and the angel doesn't call him, Hey, you weakling, yeah, yeah, I'm talking to you. The, 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 the worst case scenario, I have nobody else to actually send, so I'm kind of stuck with you. That's not what the angel says. He says, Oh, mighty man of valor. Gideon, 
I see you hiding, but I know who you are. You're a mighty man of valor. And you will lead the people to overcome the enemy. And he does the fleece thing, which is okay. God's okay with those moments as long as the fleeces lead to faith. And not putting God off. Sometimes it's actually false faith. We put the fleeces out because we really don't want to take responsibility for the Word. But let me tell you, for me and my household, I'm taking responsibility for my city. That's why we're building what we're building. That's why we're doing what we're doing. Is I'm going to take responsibility for what the Lord has said to take the city of New Braunfels in this corridor for the kingdom of God. That's what we're pressing in. How about you? And there's this moment where Gideon gathers the mighty men, or the, the soldiers, and God says, there's too many soldiers. you got too many soldiers. He's like, seriously? There's still more of the enemy than we are. He goes, yeah, yeah, yeah. I need people of faith I can work with. I don't need people that kind of said yes. I need an all-hands-on-deck type faith. And so they get to this place, and he says, well, how am I going to choose who's supposed to go? And he says, the guys who actually get down to the water, and they begin to drink, but they've still got their hand on the sword, and they always are looking. That's the ones who you actually pick. Because there's a list that said, I'm not in fear, but I'm also not going to let the enemy sneak up on me or sneak up on my brother. Do you understand that? And soldiers, those who were soldiers, y'all understand this. You don't, you, yes, you fight for a country. Yes, you fight for a cause, but you fight for the men and women to your left and your right. What was that about? You're looking down because I'm going to make sure somebody, my brother who's behind me who's kneeling down, he's checking the six. I'm looking over here. I've got his six, and I'm making sure somebody's not coming because I'm protecting his back while he's protecting my back. That's bold faith. Do you understand what I'm saying? This is what we're moving into. Look what it says in Colossians chapter 3. I just want you to get this. Therefore, if you've been raised with Christ, keep seeking. Let me hear you say, keep seeking. It's a continual action. Keep singing the things that are above where Christ is seated at the right hand of, the God, of God. Also, elsewhere in Scripture it says, and you've been seated with Him in heavenly places. So you seek Him where He's seating so you can take your seat next to Him. Look what it says in verse 2. Set your minds on the things that are above, not on the things that are on the earth. For you have died and your life is hidden with Christ in God. And when Christ, who's your life, is revealed, then also you will be revealed with Him in glory. Flip back over to Romans chapter 4. It's from heaven. It's not towards heaven. Let me say it's from heaven. Not towards heaven. Setting your mind on the things above doesn't mean you just kind of think about Him on occasion. It is realization. I'm seated with Him. Wherever Jesus is, I already am. So if Jesus is seated at the right hand of the Father, does He have all the provision He needs? Does He have all the authority He needs? Does he, has He already done everything that's necessary? Then so do you have access to everything that you need. Look what it says in Romans chapter 4. Verse 3. For what does the Scripture say? Abraham believed God and it was credited to him as righteousness. Abraham believed... Look at this. Seek first the kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. So, so righteousness comes because you believe like Jesus believes. Abraham gets this promise that's so outrageous. Abraham, 
You're old as dirt, so is your wife. You can't have kids. You don't have an heir. But I'm going to use you. I'm going to give you an heir. And through you, all the nations of the earth will be blessed. Do you think there's probably a family member of Abram when he came back and said that, he goes, dude, you're crazy. Would you drink one of those magic potions? Did you, did you take a LSD? Like, what are you thinking that you could actually, through you, you're old. You can't actually give, have kids. But there was something about Abraham. What did he do? He believed that God was telling him the truth. He believed God was telling him the truth. He believed God would fulfill it. And it goes on for years. He takes his wife, Sarah, and they go to another place, and they go through challenges. Do you understand this is one of those prophetic words. I'll just be real careful on this one. This is, this is for married couples only. But this is one of those prophetic words. If you've got, you got a word about having kids, you're going to practice it. All right? You're going to put it into practice. You're going to put it to the test. Do you understand what I'm saying? Okay, good. Do you think that they waited for God to say to have sex? No. Immediately partnered with the word. God said, we're going to try. God said, we're going to try. And they tried, and they tried, and they tried for years. And yet, no child came about. Do you have to understand? This wasn't like God said it, and then five minutes later, here's Isaac going, Wah. right? There was a process, but it took bold faith. It took intentionality of standing on it. Look what it says. Again, what does the Scripture say? Abraham believed God, and it was credited to him as righteousness. Look at verse 13. For the promise to Abraham or to his descendants that he would be heir of the world was not through the law, but through the righteousness of faith. There's no separation of righteousness and faith. The law here represents what you could do to make yourself righteous, and no one can make yourself righteous. The most holy dude on the planet could not make himself righteous. In fact, the only example that we have of this is actually Enoch. And that one, I just can't explain. There was just something about Enoch's faith that I think he had the realization, and he actually didn't die. He ascended to heaven. He just disappeared. So I mean, outside of that, <laughs> there's nobody that can make themselves righteous. But look what it says here. But through the righteousness of faith. Verse 18. I'm going to skip around with you here. Verse 18. In hope against hope, he believed so that he might become a father of many nations, according to that which had been spoken, so shall your descendants be. I'm going to read that again. In hope against hope, he believed, so that he might become the fulfillment of the prophetic word. Do you understand that? So you can insert yourself. Lord, you've given me this word. You've told me I would be healed. You told me I would have a business. You told me that my kids would come home. Whatever that word is. And if it has not been fulfilled yet, you need to hope beyond hope because you believe that God is faithful to complete what He said He would do. How biblical do you want to get? We're not just a spirit-filled, feel-good church. We're a Bible-based church. It's the Word plus the Spirit that brings power. Do you understand this? You have to stand on what God says. So God said this. Look what it says. Without becoming weak in faith, He contemplated His own body, now as good as dead since He was about 100 years old, and the deadness of Sarah's womb. I want you to give you permission here. 
Abraham understood the circumstances that he lived in. There's a type of faith preaching that says, don't even acknowledge your weakness. Don't even acknowledge the issue you're dealing with. I'm just going to be really kind and blunt. That's stupid. It's stupid. So if you don't have a problem, then why would we pray for you? Right? We, we have to come to the end of ourselves. We say, me on my own, this is where I'm at. But me and God, ha, that's where I believe. He contemplated, I'm old, Sarah's old, but look what it says in this moment. Next verse. Yet with respect to the promise of God. With respect to what God said. That's how he contemplated his body. See, he knew he had heard God. Do you know that you've heard God? If you've never audibly heard him, it's okay. If you've read this, you've heard God. You need to understand, he has spoken and he is speaking. And look what it says again. I just want to read this verse. I want you to get this. With respect to the promise of God, he did not waver in unbelief, but grew strong in faith, giving glory to God. And being fully assured that what God had promised, he was able to perform. Being fully assured that what God had promised, he was able to perform. Being fully assured that what God had promised, he was able to perform. And therefore, it was credited to him as righteousness. Full, complete righteousness. Because he refused to let his current circumstances and situations speak louder than the word of God. You have to understand the season we live in. You really do. You need to get to this place of saying, are we in the end times? I would say yes. But you have to be careful what scripture you pull off of because if you go to the points talking about the tribulations and this and this and this, and all it does is get you into a place of disbelief, you're putting your faith into something God did not say. Did he say there's going to be trials and tribulations? Yes. Did he say that you're going to have to be trembling in fear and oh my gosh, and we're just going to be a weak little bride? No. We Be strong and courageous. For you will lead the people to possess the promised land. I don't care if an antichrist shows up. My Christ lives inside of me. Come on. I don't care who's in the White House. My God is king. I don't care the number of zeros or commas in my bank account. He's my provider. I don't care the diagnosis. And I care if you have a diagnosis. I care about you. But hear what I'm saying. I just need to be really careful on that. I'm going to be real sensitive. But let me tell you what. The healer lives inside of you. It's time to be like Shema. It's time to say, this is my bean field. Nobody's taking it. I've got my sword, which is the promise of God. I've got another sword, which is my prophetic words. Come and get some. Do you hear what I'm saying? One man defeated thousands. We've got a couple hundred people in this room. How many could we defeat? It's almost a trick question. It's already defeated. From victory. Not towards victory. We stand on the battlefield of victory. 
So every time somebody that's lost comes into kingdom, what is it? We're actually receiving the plunder from the kingdom's, the enemy's camp. Every time that you see the situation in your life, a family situation that's gone sideways, and all of a sudden hope comes into it, forgiveness comes in, restoration comes in, what is it? You're actually plundering the enemy's camp. Do you understand what I'm saying? You have, when your finances are transformed, you have, my God is my provider in one hand, and that's true. And in the other hand, I'm opened up, he says, and he's going to take what the enemy stole, and he's going to make them pay it back. And that's coming in this other hand. Do you understand? Because I've got the sword, the promises of God. I've got the sword that's going to allow me to actually stand on a battlefield of victory. Be strong and courageous. Be victorious. I want to finish up in this Romans, and and I'm not going to get to Hebrews. You guys can go read through it. It's good stuff. And hope against hope he believed, so that he might become a father of many nations. According to that which had been spoken, so shall your descendants be. Without becoming weak in faith, he contemplated his own circumstances, now as good as dead, since he was about a hundred years old in the deadness of Sarah's womb. Yet, without, with respect to the promise of God, he did not waver in unbelief, but grew strong in faith, giving glory to God, and being fully assured that what God had promised, he was able also to perform. So therefore, it was credited to him as righteousness. Now, not for his own sake only is it written that it was credited to him, listen to this, but also for your sake, to whom it will be credited to us who believe in him, who raised Jesus our Lord from the dead. He who was delivered over because of our wrongdoings was raised because of our justification. So therefore, having been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we also have obtained. Let me hear you say, we have obtained. Let me hear you say, I've obtained. Listen to what it says here. How, how much do you want to believe the Bible? Well, I've obtained, where to go? Our introduction by faith into this grace in which we stand. We celebrate and hope of the glory of God. And not only this, but we also celebrate, listen to this, in our tribulations, knowing that our tribulation brings about perseverance. Perseverance perseverance, proving character, proving character hope. And hope does not disappoint because the love of God has been poured out within our hearts through the Holy Spirit who was given to us. Why don't you stand with me? I'm going to ask a few of our altar ministry team just to be over here by the side uh, just for, for this moment, too, if you guys can go over there. Um, because at the end of this prayer time, we're, we're going to be moving into our, uh, the rummage cell, and we'll, we'll give you instructions afterwards. But I don't want to disrupt what God's doing right now. So I want to give an opportunity for us just to pray. So if you need prayer for anything whatsoever, I just want to encourage you right now, you can go ahead and start moving your way over here to our altar ministry team. And I'm going to go ahead and close this out in prayer. So. Father, we just thank you for your goodness. We thank you, Lord God, that your word is true, your word is faithful, and that it always fulfills what you sent it out to do. And so today, God, we make a decision, and we actually do consider, we, we, we look at the circumstances we find ourselves in. Yet, according to your word, with respect to what you've said, we will not waver. There's breakthrough coming. 
We've received breakthrough. Those who need healing, healing is here. Those who need financial provision, finances are here. The capacity for jobs and businesses and open doors is here now in the name of Jesus. Those who need forgiveness, it's here now in the name of Jesus because he's already provided it. Lord, we answered that question earlier. We've been born again, been filled with the Spirit, but we say, would you fill us again? Would you continually fill us with your life-giving Spirit that overflows, Lord God, into our cities and streets? Would you just grow us, Lord God, that we would be like Shema, we could stand on the being filled with the sword of the promise, that we could be like Gideon, a mighty man of valor, that we could be like Deborah that says, it doesn't matter if I'm a woman, I can actually take a stand for my nation. Come on. That's, that's for a few of you in the room. So we take you at your word. Your yes means yes. And we will stand on that until we see the complete manifestation of it on the planet. And that includes seeing the city of New Braunfels and this whole region radically transformed for the kingdom. And we declare that right now in Jesus' most mighty name and all God's people said, amen. Somebody give him a shout of praise. Come on. Thank you so much for joining us as we seek first after God's kingdom and release it to transform lives and cities. If you would like more information about how to grow in the kingdom or connect with Legacy, go to our website, www.legacynb.com.